queen. This is Coach Ivy welcoming you to the Becoming the Crown podcast, the podcast where we talk about how to wear the crown, own the crown, and become the crown. Today, we're going to be talking with my special guest, Kevette Minor Kane. We're going to jump cash first into how to retire tax-free, protect your assets, and leave a legacy for your loved ones. So, Stick around for the end of the story. And now it's time to talk to the crown. All right. We are actually live. Finally, we actually made it. So if you're here right now, hopefully you are here because you have gone through a divorce, a breakup, a transition, a life altering change, and you want to find out how you can start over and start off right, start off well. Hopefully you've been listening to my channel, my group, my series, and we've been talking everything finances in the month of July. We are coming in hot with money talk uh, in this month. Um, And so we want to have people be able to set up their financial foundation with vigor and verb. I'm really a champion of that. And so my queens, I am delighted to present to you here, Miss Kivette Kane. And what struck me, the reason why I picked her is because she's an ambassador of self-worth. You guys know I talk about self-worth all the time. I'm all about pay yourself first. Um, And she really talks about being financially empowered. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. That's why I picked her because she <laughs> she speaks on things that are close to my heart. She's had her own transition. I'll let her tell her story. Uh, Kivette, welcome. Introduce yourself. Um, we are so glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much, Ivy, for inviting me to your your room and your group here with your queens. I love this. <laughs> Having an opportunity to speak with women who can, can relate and, and will resonate with what I have to say, but also, you know, I'll be able to, to kind of uh, play off their energy and being able to, to enjoy these uh, opportunities uh, to share and, um, and I am a financial liberation expert. Um, and I believe that our expertise comes from our experience. So First, can we give snaps for that title, financial liberation expert? Can we give snaps for that? <laughs> I love that title. Thank you. Yeah. And um, so what I do, though, is I guide women on their journey to self-sufficiency by teaching them how to understand uh, how our emotions affect our money management. Yes. So that we're able to make better decisions, to create better habits, and to experience a greater quality of life yes. in harmony with our purpose. Yes. You know, exactly. because we deserve it. Absolutely, we deserve, we deserve it. it. Yeah. We absolutely, absolutely deserve it. And for some of us, divorce, breakup, or the the death of a loved one. I have people here that have had husbands, uh, you know, pass away. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's actually very devastating. It's, it's a devastating state to find yourself in financially after so many years of marriage. So, you know, um, and, and then you're suddenly all alone or starting over um, or starting over, not necessarily from the same place that you were 20 years ago, but you're still starting over and it might be ground zero. Like some people, some marriages, divorces break up us back to where we were when we were like just wee babes and starting out. And you're like, I can't believe I'm here. Girl, I feel like I'm 20. Yes. (laughs) Your your head's in your hand going, how did I get here? Um, And and, and it can be very devastating for people. And then other people have just had life kick the crap out of them. I have a couple of people that just have had some life altering circumstances 
um, not related to relationships, but they've just had life kick the crap out of them. And so you yeah. are where you are, you are in the right place. And I say, it doesn't matter where you start, it's how you finish. Um, and so finish strong and it doesn't matter where you start. You can start with, you know, pennies since there are so many stories mm -hmm. of people living in their car, that they were homeless, that they broke up, that they started over, that they went from a shelter, that they live with their mom, that they did yeah. this, but they made it. And, and so the message is that you can too. So tell us more about your, your expertise today. We're here really talking about investing. Yeah. Women are phenomenal investors. We don't do it enough. Uh, <laughs> so I understand. Um, and we're going to talk about um, estate planning um, and leaving a legacy. We're so talking about two of the things that really motivated me in to re-entering this financial services field, um, including a couple of things that I feel like gave me an advantage, which is why I feel so motivated and so passionate about sharing this message. Um, I'd like to start first and foremost by making an offering um, that we would just take a moment to breathe, sisters, that we would yes. just breathe in peace and let the anxiety go. Yes. Because it, they, there is no place for it. No. You know, I believe that the, the one thing that is able to change our lives is our decision. Yes. It's our decision. Mm -hmm. You know, and when we recognize that we have the power to make that decision and then do it, mm -hmm. that's when your life changes. Absolutely. And, and I think um, uh, one of my first, it was a couple months ago, I talked about, I did a whole thing on decide. You must mm -hmm. decide. Decision yeah. begets commitment and commitment begets change. When it becomes non-negotiable for you to do something, then you're out of that come other decisions and choices that you make surrounding your first decision or choices really is whatever that non-negotiable is. And that is, yeah. you know, whether it's, I will never go hungry again or whatever, whatever it is, whatever it, it is. Yeah. It's important yeah. to decide because once you decide there's no going back, there's no going yeah. back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things, um, there are two of the things I will say that, that really empowered me um, through this process. Okay, so let me just kind of roll back a little to the beginning where I've come from. Um, I survived three major tr uh, traumas within less than three years, within less than two years, actually. Wow. Um, first, there was uh, Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico in 2017. I lived wow. on the island for six years before moving back to the States. Um, then my father passed away in December 2018, which was actually the reason that I came back to the States, because during the time I lived on the island, I didn't have to leave the island. I told my family and friends, y'all come visit me. Right, right. I don't want to leave paradise. And why exactly, I? exactly. Um, but when my father passed away, I came back to support my sister in caring for his final affairs. Um, and, and making sure that everything was, you know, tended to properly. Unfortunately, he passed away with no will and no life insurance. Mm. And so that was a double tragedy. Yes. For us. yes. Because at the time I had no money. Mm. Literally got off the plane with the change I had left from a meal I got in the airport. Mm. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. You know, and so, and then not a few months after that, um, because he passed away in December by April um, or the, the end of April, my husband and I had separated. 
Wow. Yeah, that's you know, and it was because of the the lack of love, the the lack of empathy, the lack of uh, respect, mm-hmm. you know, in that relationship, which was revealed to me, and which really was unveiled to me because of the distance that I now had between us and being out of the abusive environment that I had been subject to for the past seventeen years before that happened, and. What I grew to realize was that, you know, there are so many women who end up staying in abusive situations because they don't even realize that they're being abused because it becomes normal. Right, right. It's it's so familiar to you. You think everybody, you know, deals with this. And even if if everybody doesn't deal with it, you you convince yourself that it's not really that bad. Right. When hell becomes normal, right? Yeah. When your hell is normal. And and people go, why would you do that? And you're like, you know, he's my husband. That's what you're supposed to do. And your reasoning is that's what you're supposed to do. You're enduring, you know, you're, you're working it out. You're putting in the effort. You are, you know, uh, showing love and forgiveness and, and all of those wonderful things. And see what I had convinced myself was that uh, my children needed to be in a household with two parents. Yes. What, what I didn't realize was that I was actually hurting them by having them in the household with two dysfunctional parents. Yes, I, I, I can raise my hand to that. My, my sister and I talk about that. Our, we're a product yeah. of, of divorce. Um, mm-hmm. And our father was in our life. And then we have two other girlfriends. One's, one never knew her father. One's father um, passed away. And there's, so there's the four of us, but we, she and I think about how our lives are watching the dysfunction of my parents' divorce versus the two of them that did not have that in their life and how the trajectory in terms of relationships and things that they've gone through, I mean, they've gone through other hells and everything, but we often look at that. Sometimes it's better to have no example than to have a really bad one. Yeah. Say that again. Yeah. Sometimes it's just better to have no example. We can breathe on that. <laughs> you, can, you can create your future instead yeah. of getting into one that is 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 sort of uh, check the box normal because that's what you grew up with. And so yeah. many people do that. Yeah, so absolutely. And we've got to realize that what we do is we set a pattern for not only ourselves, but also for our children. Absolutely. You know? And so if that pattern is abuse, then the question is, how do we break it? Yes. You know, and, and again, the answer comes in making a decision, making a choice to do it, you know, and go ahead. (laughs) And for me, I would say it would go from, um, having this rescue fantasy Mm. that, that I had built my entire existence on, um, to, to realizing that I had to take responsibility first and foremost for the decisions that I made to get me to where I was. Yeah. And then once I could do that, it would allow me to have the strength and the courage and the confidence to yeah. make the decision that I needed to make in order to now move forward, to be positive, to be productive and to be progressive and to yeah. make the necessary changes in order to shift the narrative for me mm-hmm. and then to create the reality of my dreams. And, and you said something really powerful, shift the narrative. Yes, because when you're in those relationships and you're you're coming out of divorce break or what are the three d's death desertion (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, right when you're when you're coming out of those what happens is your narrative to your point is 
not very favorable in terms of your self-worth. Yeah. Like the, the, the mm -hmm. bank is empty or, you know, yeah. run on low. If it's not at zero, in some cases it was negative and you've yeah. got to really build up that self-worth bank so that you can begin investing or putting deposits in yourself. And in yeah. the beginning, that is really hard to do for women. I mean, it is yeah. really, really difficult when you believe my failed marriage is a reflection of my personal inability to do whatever it is, whatever that is for you. And, and you're struggling to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, still a good woman in spite of the fact, but it feels like a fairy tale. It's not, not something very real, especially coming like right out of that. And even some, for some women years after that, years yeah. after that, where you're trying. Yeah. Well, I mean, it takes, that. it takes time. And, and there's some things um, I learned with the death of my father. There are some things that you never get over. Yeah. But you learn how to cope. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's the key. The key is for us being, first of all, conscious mm -hmm. so that we are aware of what we are experiencing, where we are, what we need to improve, how to grow. Um, and the second thing is be, learning how to cope right? You know, through the trauma and through the triggers and, and through the challenges, you yeah. know, and, and, and being able to, to regain our confidence. Yes, you know, Something and that's is, the key. Uh, what is that, Paul, with a thorn in your side, and you pray and you say, "Please yeah. remove this thorn." And sometimes the great, you, you just have to go. All the greatest challenges expose greatest our greatest strengths. Yeah, yeah. you just have to deal with it because it it, and eventually, at some point, you look back, it's not the same experience. But while you're in it, oftentimes you don't get relieved or delivered. It's a process. And yeah. I think we're so in a hurry to not do, to rush our process. Everybody wants to look as good as that Instagram model or, yeah. you know, you know, and if you think about it, it's very cookie cutter. So you can binge watch some show and watch the woman go from depleted to restored in 10 episodes in one weekend. And your mind is like, oh, I can do it. You know what I mean? Like, why am I struggling? Well, I mean, that was 10 episodes over probably 18 months, but you condensed it because you watched it in 18 hours. And now you're expecting your life to unfold in that way. And it just, it just doesn't unfold like that. It, it's a yeah. process. It's a process. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. It is. You know, and so it takes one step at a time. One thing that you mentioned previously was uh, being depleted, mm -hmm. you know, and I reference often the fact that I was serving from a half full cup. Yes. You know, and, and I love that because, you know, it was half full. Mm -hmm. you know, so I still had a very positive perspective. Right. But what I didn't realize was that because I was serving from a half full cup, I was consist consistently being depleted. Yes. So, you know, if I had a quarter left, mm -hmm. maybe right. you know, that's not enough. We need to be full. So right. we need to have a full cup to right. serve from, but we're not serving from the full cup. We're serving from the overflow. Exactly. Exactly. I love, uh, I think Alanya Van Zandt yeah. says yeah. that. Right? Uh -huh. you know, um, you know the made, that was the greatest family. illustration. I think everybody took on to that. We like, oh yeah, I'm a full cup. And, yeah, and I'm a full cup. Overflow. Right. overflow is for you. The fullness is for me, right? For me. So well, I, it has to be. And that's the reality. It's just like the illustration of um, the, the airplane. Yes. You know, when the mask comes down, you better put your mask on first because oh, yeah. if you yeah. don't, if you don't care for you first, you won't be around to care for anybody else. 
Yep. And while it's some, yeah, absolutely. And and while it's a a kind of a cliche analogy, it is truth, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we have to recognize how we resonate with that. It's yes, I have to care for myself. So, you know, I also like to offer um, a mantra that I actually created for myself through this process. It is Mm self-love, self-care, self-worth, self-first. Oh, I like that. I love that. Self-love, self-worth, and self-worth. And the process comes from understanding that it is our self-love. We have to love ourselves first. First, to show other people how we deserve to be loved. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, I think that was one of the things we talked about. I, I said that one of the mantras I talk about in here is pay yourself first. Yes. But for some women, to your earlier point, they're depleted. They don't really, they're paying from what? Paying how? Paying yeah. what? I got nothing. And when I get something I'm giving to my kids, my job, my family, my parents, whatever. Yeah. whatever Everybody else. else. Yeah. Everybody else. But what, what I, what I want to share with people and I and I hope if they walk away with nothing else from this series is that managing your money becoming becoming a money maven maven making money moves for queens whatever floats your boat paying yourself first is a form of self care absolutely not managing your money is a form of self abuse we need money to survive. Like it's, I, I don't have dollars. It's not the most important money. thing in the world, but it's right, right up there with oxygen. <laughs> that's how our system is built right now, Absolutely. right? That's just the way it is. You need money to survive. If you want to survive in a way that has you feel financially whole, financially peaceful, yeah. Um, financially abundant, then you must prioritize that in your life. And to your point, um, you know, get away from feeling like you need to be rescued. Or I would say, don't be princessy or peasant, a uh, peasant like about it. Peasants wait for the monarchy to do something. They are looking for a savior. And princesses are spoiled, and they want some prince to come along and take care of them. Queens understand her power comes from within and she reigns and rules because she knows that she's not waiting on the king she's not waiting on some other guy to come in the kingdom i have things to do i must ensure that those things take place for my queendom because if i don't my queendom will not last in the way that i want it to and that is why it is very very important for for women to understand that you know adjust your crown sis and know it's your queendom. So it's going to be as abundant or plentiful or loving or prosperous as you invest into it. And that's really what this is about, making an investment in yourself, but understanding how to invest in your financial future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so on that note, mm-hmm. you know, moving back into the financial services field for me was just a natural fit. I had you know, run a life insurance agency with my ex-husband before we moved to Puerto Rico. We moved to Puerto Rico to do missionary work. And in that process, um, against my own best judgment, I, you know, yielded to him and we let go of the entire business. Oh, wow. Yeah. Foolish move. (laughs) Foolish, (laughs) foolish move. Wow, yeah. (laughs) 
That's but that is lot. what we do when we give up our financial power, when we That's give right. up our personal power, mm-hmm. when we don't respect ourselves enough to recognize that we have a stake in this too. Yeah. And when we don't have a partner who is concerned about our future. Yes. You said something, you said, I yielded. And, and I and I, I I want women to hold on, like, where are you yielding in your life yeah. when you should be standing? Yeah. We And we all do that. But, but it's a good question for you to look at. Where am I yielding in my financial life where I should be standing? Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, being able to recognize the red flags is something that most people have focused in on. But I'm encouraging women now to take an opportunity to identify the green flags so that you can know when you're dealing with someone who is going to truly be looking out for your best interest, for for their best interest, but also for your best interest and the best interest of you both together. Right. You know, because that is a true partnership, someone who's willing to work with you, someone who is willing to, you know, wake you up and, and, you know, challenge you to be your best, but then also looking out for your best interest and making sure that the suggestion is a win-win, that it's not a compromise, Mm, that it's not a compromise. You know, I always say that. that, that it is, let me say that again, that it is not a compromise. We do not, we no. do not compromise. Compromise, if, I, I, my favorite example of that is Stephen Covey. He said, compromise is, when people say one plus one, compromise is one half and one half. Mm-hmm. Equals mm-hmm. one. Nobody it really is. thinks. He goes, but when you come together with synergy and you really think about possibility, one plus one doesn't yield two. It yields three or four or five or six or seven. Because when two people come together fully committed to you know, reaching a goal or possibility achieving something, you begin to think of ideas that mutually serve and it's multiple ideas because you're not in the habit of thinking I got to give up something. You're in the habit of thinking, how can I incorporate and further what we both want to something that is going to be absolutely wonderful for the two of us. And you know a man that cares about you or a boss or a human being by the way they're thinking about the problem, does it just meet their needs or does it meet their needs and your needs at the same time? And people that really care about you want you to be happy in the equation and they're not gonna make decisions. And if they haven't thought of it and you bring it up, they're gonna say, that's a really good point. Let me rethink this because I don't want you to feel like you're losing something. I want you to be happy with the deal. And they'll say it outright too. So yes, that is a really, really, really good point. So, yeah. so how do we begin the game of learning, starting to invest in ourselves financially mm-hmm. so we can invest in our finances? Like there's two things there's, I, I know for myself, I'm, I'm not the most investment savvy person I'm learning. I'm learning yeah. every day. Um, but I know that trepidation, that's actually what holds me back. And I want to be better at that. But where where does one begin? Where do you begin? Okay, so for me, it was, I would say, a 
not an easy, but a simpler start because of my education. I have a a BS in finance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, money and numbers have always been my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So going off of that education and knowledge, I was able to pull together my resources in order to create a plan for myself so that I could move forward. What I've done since then, though, is to, to break that plan down into pieces so that other women are able to understand what are the, the segments that I need to be caring for and understanding how can I create this plan for myself so that I too can create a strong foundation and be able to grow forward for my financial future. And so I'm going to share a couple of those steps with you. Right. Um, the other thing is that in my research, I was absolutely motivated and became so passionate because I began to realize uh, when I read, read one statistic, um, I want to say it's a worthy report that identified that there are only 15% of women who have even thought about retirement. Yes. And I'm not talking about those who have actually set up a plan for retirement, but those who have just thought about it. Right, right. So what does that mean? If there's only 15% who've even thought about it, what about the other 85%? Who knows? They probably don't even know. I think people sometimes- Not probably. The statistics show that they don't. And they're not thinking about what to do for their financial future. So we wonder why so many women, because we turn over that financial power to our mates. We turn that financial power over to our husbands. We turn that financial power over even to the government. Or to our employers. Exactly, to our employers and to our governments, because we think that they're going to take care of us. And so we don't have to worry about it. And that's where that rescue fantasy comes into play. You know, the princess want to be taken care of and want somebody else to do it. So she didn't have to take responsibility. That's not where we are anymore. We have to stand on our two feet and take full responsibility for our financial futures and make sure that we're putting together a plan that is going to be in our best interest so that we can even encourage teach and provide for future generations. And we are the mothers of the world. That is our responsibility. You are right on the, right on the money there. I, I, I wish if I could figure out one thing to go back and tell my younger self and even my daughter is, and I, I'm harping on it. She's probably, she's so annoyed with me because I keep bringing it up savings. <laughs> are you, what about retirement? Yeah. And I, that's hard. And I, part of it, it's hard at her age. She's 19. Mm-hmm. But you're never too young. She could have started it. No, no, no. She could have started at zero. You, know, exactly. you, can, you can actually start a life insurance policy for a child as soon as they're born. Oh, that's awesome. Good. good. And, and the beautiful good. thing about that is understanding the power of having that type of investment. It is an insurance policy, but it is an investment in your future for wealth building for generations, as well as for a lifetime based on the type of policy that you establish. If you're able to set up what we call a uh, cash value policy, either a whole life or universal life policy, and you get that policy established at a young age, first and foremost, you're going to have a low premium. Right. Because life insurance premiums are based on age. Age. Mm -hmm. When are you the youngest and when are you the healthiest? Newborn. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so getting that policy set up initially will allow you the benefit of time because see, that's where compound interest comes into play. Yes. Because when we have that cash value growing, the interest is going to grow and compound over time. And that's where we generate wealth. And, and, and that's what, what I was alluding to, which you just said so much more eloquently than where I was going with it is that it's never too soon to, to too late to start except after you're gone right because then you can't start at all Absolutely. and so you cannot be too young but I think what happens is to your point we do get into princess mode about it because we think somebody is going to come and save us or we hope that they will or we think we've got that's not for 40 years that's not for right. 30 years right that's not for 20 years Oh my God, it's You're losing that time. Every time you put that time off, you are losing time. So we call it the, that opportunity cost. Exactly. You know, exactly. because you lose the thousands of dollars that you had an opportunity to gain just by putting $5 down to start. And, and, and I, you know, that's the thing that I say, if I would could tell my younger self or any young woman, yeah. any of you that have young daughters, any of you that are young, um, and by young, I mean in your twenties. Like if, you, if anybody if, under eighty-five years old is young. <laughs> but I, I mean, know, let's look at their in, in, in insurance it, terms. In insurance terms, that's true. Well, also in terms of Medicaid, leaving a legacy, retirement. The retirement yeah. people are now telling you to plan to be eighty-five or ninety-five years old. I don't know. No, no, no. The, the insurance policy is actually the the um the the life expectancy timetable changed in 2019. And this is really critical for us. Yes. Because at the end of 2019, going into 2020, every single life insurance company around the country had to adjust their policies. I mean, every single policy that they had available that they were offering, the old ones continue to be in existence, but they're no longer offering them. They wow. had to switch over to the new life expectancy table. See, the Which previous is. table was done in 2001, right? And that was saying that our life expectancy was up to 100 years. And wow. so then in 2017, there was a new study done. And guess what the new life expectancy is? I'm curious. What? 120 so if people were looking at life insurance in, you know, October, November, 2019, and then they decided they were going to go for it in January, February, 2020, they saw an increase in those premiums because now you've got 20 extra years of life to cover. But then if you look at it, how many reports are we getting of people around the world who are living to 107, 113? I mean, these people, and they're not, you know, decrepit and, you know, sitting, no, you see you know, them blowing these out are lively people. Yes. And dancing yes. at the birthday party. Yes. You know, and all that. <laughs> I mean, Girl, it, getting their lives. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not far off. I mean, if you think, even if I think now, I don't know where we'll be medically, even in just 20 years from now. Yeah. And we're, we, we're, things are advancing very, very rapidly. I mean, the stuff yeah. that they're saying that they can do, that they can fix, that they can, you know, your, your life expectancy is going to be longer. So I, I say that to reiterate your point, queen, start today. If you've not yeah. started, if you have started and you want to build, continue to build, add, find ways to build talk to a financial planner like Yvette and get your plan together because you're going to 
most likely live longer, meaning you'll have longer to invest and you want to take advantage of the power of the compound interest in order to do that. So it doesn't matter where you start, it matters where you finish. And if you're above ground, you're going to have some time before you finish. So make the best of it with with what you got. So how, how does one begin if you're starting from zero, what would be the first thing you would tell me to do? So the first thing you want to do, starting from zero, and I'll tell you kind of my process. Um, there's five areas of finance that I focus in when we're doing money management. Um, first, of course, I started with mindset reset. And that it deals with five areas of mindset, including the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical, and the financial, just on the basic, you know, cash flow balancing. Absolutely. Um, the, the income versus the expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when we shift over to the, the deeper area of money management, then we're going to talk more about rebuilding your credit first, because mm-hmm. that is where you have to start. If you don't have credit rate, a higher credit rating, you have no resources, mm-hmm. you have no opportunity. And so credit is where you have to start first. The second thing you want to focus in, and yes, this comes after focusing on your credit, is making sure that your, your cash flow is balanced well. And that would be, you know, making sure that your income is more than your expenses. And that's how you're able to manage your credit because you have to get a a credit card Mm -hmm. in order to use it in order to build up your credit. Some people believe that if you're not using your credit, then your credit is great because, you know, you don't have any bad marks, but actually your credit is horrible because you you haven't proven anything. (laughs) You haven't proven anything yet. Credit is a a rating or a number system used to identify your level of credibility. Yes. If you make a promise, are you going to keep it or not? Yep. And that's what that number tells us. It's a yardstick about how you keep your word. Yes, absolutely. That's that's all it is. The higher that number, the more likely it is that you're going to keep your word. And so that's where they do that rating. The more money you have, making sure that your income is greater than your expenses is where you're able to keep, be in a position to keep your word better. Yes. And, And to keep your word more and to be on time with keeping your word and not making excuses and being late and expecting somebody to just give you a break. That's not what this is all about. This is about taking responsibility. And so taking responsibility means we are conscious of the money that we have coming into our accounts and we're not giving it away. Right. We're not giving away. We're making sure that those little dollars and those little pennies and those little quarters and nickels and dimes are going out to work for us and bringing back friends. That That's is called the return on investment. Some of us like money to to just entertain us, right? And that that's not bad, but it's, it's an not. interesting premise to think money should be working for me. So you know, Absolutely. yeah, I can have some entertainment dollars, but where's yeah. the, I want the rest of it to be working. What is what job have I assigned it to do, and is it bringing any friends back? Is it multiplying? Yeah. Is it doing what it's supposed to do? Well, the question is to ask, what is your money going to do for you when you can no longer work for your money? Yes. Yes. When you get to a point where you can't exchange your time for dollars. Yes. Will you have enough to live? Yes. You have enough to care for your basic expenses. Mm-hmm. Or will you have to go knocking on the government's door and, and begging people, you know, to, to give you, you know, some, some mercy Right. In whatever situations. I mean, oftentimes, unfortunately, women have ended up in those situations due to adverse circumstances. There are some, you know, challenges that we face, some circumstances that come about that we just can't prevent. 
Of course. You know, and it's completely unexpected. But if it is, is at all in your power, if you have an opportunity to prevent yourself from being to living in, in a detrimental situation or circumstance, then be determined to mm -hmm. make sure that you've got a firm foundation to stand mm -hmm. on where your finances are concerned. And so those first two areas, your credit and then your cash flow. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you want to can be concerned with your savings and that's where your retirement comes into play yes. because that is your long term. What are you doing with the money that you're going to keep? Because it's not about the money that you save. It's about the money that you keep. Mm -hmm. It's about the money that you're, you going, you're planning to use for the future. Yeah. And so how can you manage that? And, and the way that you're able to manage your savings is through the last two areas, which is insurance and investing. Yes. That is where you get your money to work for you. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work for you in the bank, ladies. No. It's not going to work for you in the bank because because they're not giving you they're they're getting seven times on the dollar and they're going to give you a quarter of a percent if they if they, if, if they have to give you that much interest rates right now are horrific a couple of people have told me yeah i went to talk to my yeah. banker about what we should if we should get a money market or and they were like okay. I, they were like don't move your money it's not worth it's not worth the piece of paper that you're going to print it on you're not going to get anything out of it you need to right. wait or divert it into this at into this something time else. absolutely yeah, because you're yeah. not going to get it I, I i it's just dismal it really is dismal it, it is other than it being safe however you want to phrase that as safe as a bank can be at this you know junction. but but it's not it's only safe if if someone comes to steal it and then you've got insurance to back it up so Correct. that's where you should right. actually be putting your money mm -hmm. insurance <laughs> yeah. and i say that i say that because i am a, a licensed life and health insurance agent mm -hmm. um, and i understand how money works in the insurance field and in the insurance uh, arena. Um, but I value not only the ability that we have for our money to grow in the insurance arena, but also for our money to be protected. protected yeah. Because when you put it in the bank, it is still vulnerable. It is vulnerable to the government. It is vulnerable to the thieves. It is vulnerable to your creditors. It is vulnerable to family members, to anybody, mm -hmm. you know, who wants to decide that they're going to take over and go into your checking account and take your money out right it's right. vulnerable but when you put your money into a cash policy for life insurance it is not vulnerable it is like being in the safe vault with three doors and four locks you know so because nobody can get into it but you and the thing is that the government can't take it the thieves can't take it your family can't get into it it is going to it is designated by that insurance company and they are the ones who are going to protect you you have access to it now you have easy access to it because of your privilege your benefit right you got to make you you got to understand that just because you have those benefits doesn't mean anybody else is Yes. They can't take your identity and use that information to call your, your bank and, and get, you know, your, your life insurance deposit um, right. or a loan on your account. It just doesn't happen. You know, the insurance, the insurance companies have a, another layer of protection for you there, but you're able to gain access to those funds when you need it.
Mm-hmm. You know, and you think about what are the times when you would need that. Okay, so maybe you open up a, a life insurance policy with a cash value account because you want to save for retirement. Right. You can set up a policy so that you would have a retirement paid out um, once you're 65 or 70 or, or whenever you decide to retire. You know, you can start your child, like we we're talking about at age right. zero, off with one of those accounts, and they could be a millionaire in retirement. Yes, because they would you would be paying in this money to the insurance company. Of course, the insurance company is going to make their money because they you know use it on the markets here and there, but it's secure with them because of the they have to make sure that they keep a certain amount of money yes. available on on hand. Not like the banks, mm-hmm. banks don't actually have to have your money on hand. So mm-hmm. you notice if you go to the bank and you try to request you know a few thousand dollars. Um, of your money, if you want to go and get ten, twenty thousand dollars, you might have to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. You gotta have to, you know, make an order and come back another day because they've actually got to get that money brought in for you. But with the insurance companies, they've got that money on hand. So you make that phone call and you get that money and it's deposited into your account. Now, you looking at being able to have that kind of benefit with that protection. The other way is to be able to use your investment accounts. And I'm not an investment advisor. I don't have any licenses for investing, but I would advise you to speak to a woman who you know is doing with uh, investment management, who is investing on a regular basis, keeping up with the stock markets and able to help us understand from our perspective, because we think differently than men do. Yes, we do. We have different needs and desires and wants, and we've got different interests, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we want to make sure that we've got someone who is valuing the position that we're coming from Mm -hmm. and making sure that we're able to actually make the gains that we want to gain, whether you want to be aggressive and ambitious or you want to be cautious and careful. You know, it's, it's up to you, but take the time to do some research and to study enough so that you have good questions to go and ask this expert so that they can see that you're interested. When they recognize that you're interested, that's when they will recognize they have to provide for you, you know, a higher level of of service and and being able to answer those deeper questions because you've already done the research. Right. You know, that's kind of like when you go to the doctor's office and, you know, you go for a regular checkup, you're not going because there's a problem, but you're going because you want to make sure everything is is in check. And so that's why you want to see your financial advisor on an annual basis at minimum Mm -hmm. as well. Um, but then when you've got some issues going on, you do some research online. You you go and read some articles. You talk to a few people who may have had similar situation. You get an understanding of, well, you know, what should I be thinking about in this situation? You take those questions to your doctor. When your doctor sees that you are truly educated and interested, what does that doctor do? They take a, a more greater interest mm-hmm. in making sure that you're receiving the type of care that you want. Exactly. The type of care that you want. Otherwise, if you don't have any idea about it, you're just coming to this doctor and, you know, sharing a few symptoms and they're, they got to figure it out of thousands of diseases, you know, that have the same symptoms. They're like, okay, well, you might have this, or you might have that, or you might be doing this, or you might be doing that. They're going to try, they're just going to say, okay, well, try this and tell me how it works. Right. You know, people (laughs) will do de minimis, what I call de minimis, the least amount (laughs) Based yeah. on what they're being given. So if, yeah. if you if you want to to have a rewarding, lucrative 
robust, abundant relationship, even if it's abundant in rapport, abundant in advice, abundant in direction, you got to bring something to the table. And that is do your own research, engage them, ask questions, know what you're asking, make sure that you have a good grasp of it. And you know what we said, don't fold or yield, stand. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel like I got enough out of this conversation to put, to sign these people a check, don't sign don't, it. Don't do it. Don't transfer yeah. the money. Pause. Don't do it. Pause before and, you purchase. Yeah, yes. Pause, Pause before, before you purchase. I love that. Love <laughs> it. Pause before you purchase. I always, and I tell people this, I do it with time management. Let me get back to you on that. Yes. Because I need space. I'm not going to, like, I'm not feeling it and I need space. Okay. And, and so why, yeah. why Ivy, do we need that space? Because we are emotional beings. Yes. As women, we are emotional beings. We are empathetic. We are intuitive. We are connected. We are spiritual. Yes. We are relational. We are social. We are very emotional beings. And so we want to make sure that we protect ourselves in that state. Mm-hmm. Because we can be very vulnerable. And so taking a moment to pause. Yes. Taking a moment to say, you know what? Let me get back to you on that. Just and as I you said, it's the smartest everything. thing we can do. Absolutely. Everything. You want to go to this party? Let me get back to you on that. Right. I have a project for you. Let me get back to you on that. I'd like to <laughs> let me get back to you on that. I have to check in. I have yep. to. There are some things like a yes is a yes. Like some things are yes. Hell yes. yes. Hell yes right now. I'm all over that. Absolutely. Anything that's not a hell yes is yeah. a let me get back to you on that. Absolutely. I need the space to check in. And, and, I'm, not ashamed, is, and I'm not ashamed of it. I take it all yeah. the time. No, but care. because that is, that is our self-love. Yes. That is our self-care. We're taking care of ourselves, checking in to make sure that we're okay. You know, are you feeling more emotional around this time of the month? Or has there been a situation that came up, a trigger event where you want to make sure that you are not reacting emotionally to Mm -hmm. soothe yourself and spend this money? You know, retail therapy is a real thing. It's a very real thing. And we have to make sure that we're not falling into that cycle. Because that's where the detriment can come in for us, truly. We'll end up spending our future fund. And then when we get to the future, it's not going to be fun. No, it's not. So it is It is critical, ladies, that you take the time to get to know your practitioners and your professionals. And it is Absolutely. okay to say, let me get back to you. Let me think about it. I always tell people, thank you for that information. You've given me a lot to think about. And then I'll make my exit because I'm not going to make a financial decision. And when I'm not feeling a hundred percent clear. And make sure that you paying attention to ladies, to who is interested in you, who is taking the most interest in you. See, if you, it's kind of like, okay. So we think about a kid coming to mom asking for a toy, right? Mm -hmm. And you really, as mom, you're like, you know what I have? I have the money to get this. Right. But let me see, do you really want it? Because you, you've you seen those occasions when you have said, okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and get it. You get the toy. They play with it for five minutes and then it's sitting on the floor. Right. And what are they doing? They're playing with the box or something. I mean, right. you know, they find something else to play with. Well, they moved on and it's just like, well, wait a minute. You just begged me for this toy. What? what? But, but it was, the answer came too quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because they didn't really want it. They just wanted to get a yes. Yes. You know, and so the thing is making sure that they're truly interested. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I believe in doing the same thing with those professionals that we're dealing with, including myself. Yeah. Look, I, I build relationships with my clients. We talk, I, I work with them for, I really plan to have a relationship for a lifetime because I recognize that it's not a one-time thing. It's like the relationship you have with your doctor. You're going to come back on an annual basis at minimum. And then if you have challenges or questions, you want to know that I'm going to be around so that I can answer them for you. Absolutely, because life changes at the speed of life. This what was important is retirement. Six months from now, it's your college education for your kids. A year from now, it could be, you know, maybe you are that person going through a divorce or you're getting remarried and you're like, I want to protect my assets. Like I, you know. Are you getting married for the first time? Right. You got to be conscious of that. Yeah. Exactly. I need to have these these conversations. I think it's it's important. one of the things I did want to ask you about too, and I think is critical is, yeah. is preparing for your exit strategy. Like, so yeah. when you are leaving the planet, however you choose, whether you're raptured up, whether you fall asleep and you go out, however you right. leave. When you're not going to be here anymore. <laughs> yes. However right. You're not going to be here to care for the bank account or the trust or the money no. or you you know, whatever. To another dimension. I'm all for that too. I'm, I'm with it. Uh, <laughs> Right, off to another planet or wherever. I, I actually <laughs> project somewhere and I never, uh-huh. I'm good with that too. Exactly. Um, but how do you get started in, in thinking about that? It feels morbid. And another people do, they do the same thing with that that they do with retirement. It's so far off. I'm right. not going to die. I'm going to live forever. I'm not worried about it right now. I'm the in question, a flux. Yeah. The question that you ask there is about quality of life. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to start. You know, and so that's why I say, you know, when I work with women, it's about building up their self-sufficiency, helping them to understand how to make better decisions, how to create better habits so that we can experience a better quality of life. Because the question then is about the quality of life, not just for yourself, but for your future generations. Yes. You know, it's when I think about how I've had to struggle in my lifetime, I don't want my children to have to struggle that way. Yeah. They get to be my age. They will not have the challenges financially that I've had. They won't. Yeah. And and I'm going to set financially things up. And I'm in the process of doing that now, setting things up financially so that they won't have to worry about where the money is coming from. But then I also am taking the responsibility to make sure that they are going to be educated in that process because of the way that I'm setting them up. It's not only set up with making sure that they are going to have access to the money, but it's making sure that they get the education before they have access to the money so that they will use the money properly they will have the freedom to choose how to use it but I want to make sure that they're at least educated so that they can make the best decisions for themselves at the time see I I may not I may not be around to to make those choices for them or to understand how the world has changed exactly you know things may not function the same way that they function today so I don't want to be so detailed that I control everything and prevent them from being able to benefit from it in the end but I do want to make sure that they are educated And so that's where we start, ladies. Mm -hmm. We are, again, the mothers of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I I pondered for a long time that question. You know, you hear the song from Beyonce, you know, girls run 
around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we've heard that saying so often, mm-hmm. but my question was, well, why, you know, how do we run the world? Cause men dominate everything. Right? <laughs> Seriously. Well, I, I came to the conclusion and understanding um, we run the world or we rule the world because we gave birth to every one of its leaders. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, and so uh, we have influence over that. And so we need to recognize that the little ones that we're having today and the little ones who are around us are the, the opportunity that we have to shape the world for the leaders of the future. Absolutely. So how are we going to educate them so that they can make better decisions, so that they can create better habits, and so that we all can experience a greater quality of life? Yes, yes, and yes, again, triple yes. One of my favorite quotes was from the movie, The Crow. And he said, mother is the name of God on the lips of children everywhere. And I never forgot that. And oh my God, I always get choked up when I think about it. Cause I think about my daughter. Yeah. About children don't know who they know first is their mother. Mama. Even Man. I don't care, you know, even the bad men in the world. And mm-hmm. I, I even recently learned complete segue about Hitler. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, his birth story explains his life story. Yeah. But it does for each one of us. And it so it's does. necessary for us to go back and examine that so that we understand who we are exactly. and the influence that we have in the world. Who are you being financially mm-hmm. that leaves the legacy for your kids. Cause even if you're not saying it or doing it or talking about it, who you are being, how you're acting, what you left behind, the state of your affairs you're leaving behind, what you didn't do, all of that shapes who you are for your legacy for future generations. And whether you talked about it or didn't talk about it is meaningful to the next generation. So it, it is just, I can't say it enough how important it is to, to leave a legacy. And the legacy is one of not just of financial abundance, but also financial education. Yes. I, I've, I cannot tell you, I've, I've got family members personally that have inherited money and they have, I mean, and when I say zero, I mean nothing, not a car, not a suit, uh, not a phone. I mean, nothing to show for it. Yeah. nothing. They had a good time and that was it. Yeah. And I've known a couple of women that have done that. They just said, I did this, I did this, I did this, but where I am now is I don't even know what I did with all the money that I had. Right. And so it is so important to not just prepare by having the right insurance, having yeah. a will, having a power of attorney, living will, um, putting your money in a trust or however you disability doing. insurance disability yes that's another big one adequate being adequately insured having yeah. legal preparation for your wishes to be executed Absolutely. leaving your family enough money to bury you decently so that you don't leave them in debt in debt so that you yes. don't leave a legacy of debt, debt. Because if you're not leaving wealth, you are absolutely leaving debt. They said there's two things that we have to do. You know, as Black people, we say, oh, you got to stay Black and and pay taxes. You know what? I didn't really, I didn't realize how real that was until my father passed away and we had to pay his taxes in April after he died in December. Wow. Wow. That's real. That's very real. And so the thing is, 
What are you leaving for your relatives? You're thinking, oh, I'm going to be dead. Everything will just be Who cares? Taken. I'll be it dead. Doesn't it just doesn't, ma- yeah. doesn't just magically happen. No. You know, and the thing is that if we're not caring for our families in that way, then we are actually being a detriment to them. We're leaving that debt and that debt is a serious burden. It can be, you know, if you've got, you know, no major assets to to balance out your estate and you've got creditors and this and that and the other, people say, oh, we just don't sign up for it and this and that and the other, but then you're still leaving a legacy of debt. You're still you're not taking care of, of, right. You're not taking care of future generations. Think and so, so how can we leave the world in a better place when we leave the world? If you think of it, if you think of it this way, uh, you know, you're leaving the world and when you leave bills and um, obligations to other that what you're leaving is bills and obligations to other people that they didn't make. You literally are handing them debt on a silver platter. That is what you have left. Yeah. They have to go and find this stuff, figure out your bills, how to bury you and do that. That is literally what you are leaving. You are handing them all of your envelope, whatever you keep it in and saying, here, this is all yours now via videos. Is that something you'd want someone to do to you? Right. Do that to your children. Right. And then we think about, you know, the balance of that is those families who have looked out for future generations and how they have been able to benefit. And we don't have to start off as millionaires. No, we don't. Because, and we talked about that, but we can get to that point. And I want to leave you ladies with one simple equation, one start to getting your ideas wrapped around what can your retirement look like and what is the legacy that you'll leave behind, okay? So I want you to think about the number that you would like to live off of each year. Not what you're living off right now, but how much money do you wanna live off of? You know, is is that number 150,000 a year? Is it 50,000 a year? Is it 85,000 a year? Is it 200,000 a year? Is it 500,000 a year? If it's a million dollars a year, take that number and divide that number by four. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then you can multiply that number by 100. If you want to live off of, let me see, $250,000 a year, Mm-hmm. And we divide that by four and we end up with 62,500. Mm-hmm. And so then you multiply that times 100 and you end up with $6,250,000. That is the number that you should have in order to live off of 4% interest and just live off of the interest at 250,000 a year. That's an awesome equation. Really awesome equation. I'm going to write that. I'm going to go That's back. where. <laughs> that's a really awesome. So, so think of say, your number. How do, I know, how do I know how much? I mean, and well, most people will tell you, especially when you're dealing with insurance, they will tell you, um, you know, how much are you making a year? Now multiply that times 20 years. And that's how much insurance you should have. Mm. You know, and that is that is the 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 average calculation that the insurance companies even use to identify how much uh, insurance you can qualify for, because you do have to qualify for insurance. You can't just go and buy it like you're pulling something off the rack. Right. 
you, know, you you got to qualify. You got to put in the application. They got to check your health. They got to make sure that you you know are are having good habits. Your habits aren't checked because your habits are important. If you're out you know riding a motorcycle and taking the most next extreme sport to the extreme, and you're putting right. your life in danger, <laughs> then you're a higher risk and you're not insurable. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but if you are being cautious and conscious and careful and you are, you know, handling your health, you're eating well, you're working out, you know, you are managing, you know, any illnesses or, or injuries that you have so that you will be able to benefit and, and create longevity, because mm-hmm. what they'll then be able to look at is, oh, they're going to live for a long time. Exactly. So we'll be able to to earn the money back that we're going to offer them on this death benefit. And, and they will actually pay for it as opposed to, you know, just us giving away money. Right. You know, and, and that's where you have to look at the balance. These insurance companies can't just give away money to everybody who comes and signs up because then they wouldn't have any money to provide for the families when they really need it. Exactly. You know? But the but the thing is that we have to understand how these policies work so that we're not just giving our money away to Correct. the insurance companies like often happens when you get a term policy. Yes. Because you don't get any return on your investment with a term policy. It's temporary. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so you don't get any cash value that goes along with that. And that's why I talk about those cash value policies, the whole life and the universal life, to look into those policies. Talk to your local life insurance agent. Talk to a family member who you know works in life insurance. Talk to, you know, go to a local office and just sit down and have a conversation and learn, you know, what are the differences between these kinds of policies and how would it benefit me? Because I would tell you that everybody's financial plan is different and and, and it works differently. It's, it is as individual as our fingerprints. Yes, I hold up my hand with five fingers that do not have the same fingerprint on any one of them or any two of them together. And and we've we've talked about that throughout this month. It's a very, um, your financial plan is personal. Absolutely. It's very specific, which is why I'm, you know, I'm consistently advocating for them to engage if it's with the people that I brought here or with somebody that they feel comfortable with, somebody that they've given, given a referral to most companies have financial planners. They have it as a part of your benefit suite. If you don't know who they are, call your HR person, they will give it to you. And it comes for free that you can at least have consult. If you want to do nothing else and you don't want to leave the comfort of your own home, Call your HR person if if you're working for a company and you have benefits. They probably have, if you have a 401k plan, if they have EAP, they've got financial planners and they're free. Mm -hmm. You can talk to them for one hour and they will tell you at least baseline. Then you can decide for yourself, I want to go deeper with Mm -hmm. them. I want to hire a professional. I want somebody with more knowledge. I want, where where do I want to go from here? But you can at least have that baseline conversation with them about your needs. Yes. And when you think about it, Ivy, it's it's just like when you're going to the doctors. If a, one doctor gives you a diagnosis, you don't just settle with that diagnosis no. from the one doctor. You no. go and you get a second and hopefully even a third or fourth opinion mm-hmm. because you want because that's exactly what it is. It's an opinion. Mm-hmm. It is based on their experience, their knowledge, their understanding. Absolutely. You've got to make sure that those things match up with your experience, your knowledge, and your understanding understanding of who you are and nobody knows you better than you 
and, and the other thing I said, that that's why we can't continue to, to just sign over our power and to no. yield to what other people tell us is, oh, they know better than I do. No, they don't. They don't know better than you do about you. About you. You know best for you. Absolutely. And same thing applies with the therapist. And I tell people, is that why I didn't like the therapist? You don't have to like them. Just get another one. Mm-hmm. You're, you can interview your you know, I, I want to have a conversation, have, talk to three or four of them, tell Absolutely. them I'd like another one. You, you need to find somebody. Finances are personal and intimate. Absolutely. You're going to have an intimate conversation with this person about your money. It is intimate. Like I'm, I'm not, and I don't want to put too far because it's so true. We will, I think on the, we, we had a guest and she said, you know, you, 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 I, I was talking to him, I was like, you will go in front of a doctor and take off your clothes and get naked, but you will not slide a spreadsheet in front of a, a financial planner to talk about your money. You won't that's do not it. The truth. I'm like, and, and that's to not put too far a point on it. You will get naked in front of a dude you just met. Okay. Some, right. You know, right. He don't have a license for nothing. Right. <laughs> he can't promise you anything. Yes. And you don't even know if you're going to get the oh, service Jesus. you signed up for at the end of that conversation, right? <laughs> but you will not put a spreadsheet in yeah. front of a financial planner. Right. You will not discuss with somebody your retirement planning, your life insurance. You will not discuss that. Like it is, it is intimate. I'm not saying it's not, but that's why I'm also saying you have the right to interview. You can yeah, go out just like you date the guy, interview a couple people. If you rotational date, rotational interview your financial planner. You find one that sees you, knows you, accepts you, that you don't have a problem with sliding that spreadsheet over to. You can have a very real conversation with them because this is yeah. about your money today, tomorrow, and for future generations. Absolutely. It's not just about, you know, right yeah. now or what you can make it this, you're talking about long term and you want to be able to go back to that person repeatedly and if you can't get real and intimate with them they're not your person absolutely not absolutely, get, absolutely. You know, they've got to be able to relate to you in a way that that you're able to resonate with what they say exactly. and you're able to to understand and and not just understand it but put it into application because you know we can take in all the knowledge and education that we want but if we're not taking action ladies then it means absolutely nothing it absolutely. means nothing and so we've got to put a plan in place and then be able to to set the task so that we can actually take action and see the reality created we right. do and Absolutely. we have to play a, an active role in that. And I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> I totally hear you. So yeah. in, in, in your final thoughts, you know, what's one action you would give the Queens here tonight to take if they do left and just did one thing tomorrow? What's like the one thing you're going to say, please do this if you do nothing else? I would say, please do this. Go to my website at marimorelife.com and download the free ebook entitled Mindful Money Manage, Mindful Money Moment Journal. Mm-hmm. It is a journal and affirmations that identifies those 10 areas that I spoke about earlier, the five areas of mindset, as well as the five areas of money management. That is a next step for anyone or a first step for those who are just getting started. You need to know where am I right now before you even go to talk to somebody. You've got to think through that process. And this journal has been designed to pull out that information. Where is your mindset? 
You know, what are you, what are you concerned about? Mm -hmm. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, you better than anybody else. So remember to take a deep breath, (sighs) breathe and be honest. (laughs) Nobody with yourself. Nobody's looking at it. Right. Nobody gets to see it, but you. So be honest with yourself about where you are and what you want. Get that done first. And then the next step would be to find a financial advisor who you can share that information with and to, to ask the questions that you've now come up with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much uh, for being with us uh, tonight, Kibet. I know we got off to a, a late start, ladies. <laughs> Ivy's technical challenges. No worries. <laughs> uh, but That's I, the fun so, part. <laughs> that, 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 I embrace it. I embrace it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, look, I, it's I constantly myself, changing. We might as well. <laughs> might as well. Like the, as a, a queen says, this is happening to me. Uh, this is happening to me for my good because this is happening to me for my good because this is happening to me for my good because I need to learn Absolutely. how to do Just That's ask right. myself, like, why do I need, why is this happening? It's for my good. What, what am I supposed to be getting out of it? So, and yeah. on that note, I would love to leave you ladies with one of my favorite affirmations. And I will tell you that personally, this came out of a moment of trauma. I was triggered and I had to find a way to, you know, what is the root of the challenge here with the anxiety and how that just comes comes up when we're in different situations and, you know, having been through divorce, having been through the the loss of a loved one, that grief, experiencing um, the unexpectedness of it, um, you know, you, you, you recognize that there are certain things that just come up, you know, and so the, for me, there was an affirmation um, that I created that helps me just to put things in perspective in any moment. And that is, I am enough. I have enough. I do enough. God is my provider. Amen. And that's it. And on that note, we will say good evening. Thank you so much, Kivette, for being here. I Thank so you for having me. For wisdom and for sharing. We will put all of your links and the link to your gift in the bottom of this um, um uh, video uh, in the chat so that everybody has it. We thank you again. Hopefully we'll have you back again, maybe to talk a little bit more about insurance um, specifically. I always feel like I, I, you can never know enough about some things and the more you know, the more you grow. So we'll have to have you back to talk specifically about pro- just the protection piece of it as we thank move forward. So thank you again for being here. Absolutely. Thank you ladies for having me. I look forward to being back with you again soon. Have a great evening. You too. Take care. Wayne, was that not amazing? Aren't you ready to leave your legacy? So glad you stayed around for the end of the story. Deeply appreciate you listening, and I know you got at least one or two royal gems from our conversation today. I'll see you around for the next episode. And remember, Queen, wear the crown, own the crown, become the crown.